1: Got all the pull on this show, Brian Blessing, <laughs> Stevie Slapshot in Las Vegas, Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Stevie, was it yesterday? Fawned all over Tom Jones.
2: It was. I don't think it was yesterday. It, it was. It was a couple of days ago.
1: So our producer yeah, yeah. Chris Pavona. What's new, Brian? To your whim. I'll, I'll tell you. He he did an
2: album. Do you you, the the show house? The show house, right? Yeah. The the, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Hugh Laurie played piano on. I don't know all the songs, but on at least a few of the songs on this album with Tom Jones, and they do a lot of blues stuff. Hugh Laurie Laurie can play the piano. All right. It's worth looking up if if, again if you like the blues.
1: Little known fact: Stevie and I are about the same age. Uh, We are decrepit. (laughs) My. Mother's favorite movie, I can sing every song of The Music Man. Every word.
2: Okay. Every word. I'm familiar with it. I don't. Every word. Every
1: song, everywhere. Mine
2: was Man from La Mancha, but go ahead. Music Man. Okay. Which was a great movie. No, I'm just saying. So my mom had the album for Man from La Mancha, so I know all those songs. Okay, there you
1: go. God bless our moms. Yeah.
2: It always, you know, no matter how old you get, it always goes back to mom. A lot of times it does, yes.
1: All right. Um, we're thrilled to be with you. we got good stuff today. Adam Burke, ATS.io, bangthebook.com. They're gonna ju- he's going to join us. i got questions for him. Okay. Adam will join us on the first hour. Second hour, our good friend Tony Neville, who joined us by phone yesterday. Every Tuesday, he comes in studio uh, for Sportsbook Radio. Uh, we're thrilled to be with you from the KSHB studios in Las Vegas. Tony, from uh, the Sportsbook director from Treasure Island, will join us in studio. Uh, that will be good fun. So... We look forward to that. The football game last night. I I just, I got to tell you something. Okay. That's as horrible a beat as you're going to get. Seattle's laying six and a half. Eagles get a Hail Mary. And then the math didn't say go for two. But Peterson goes for two and covers the number. Okay, that's fine. But I got to tell you, I have never seen, first of all, the officials last night were atrocious, and there was one play in that game that changed a large tenor of the game, and I'm watching the game with my wife. Well, actually, she happened to sit down for this play, and then I scared her away. It was about two and change left in the first half, and the Eagles can't get a first down. I mean, they they couldn't even do anything. And it's a big blitz, and Wentz runs backwards, up, uh, no joke, about 25 yards. Out of the pocket, off his back foot, th- throws it away, and the ball's in the air, and I watch. I mean, it's in the air, and I'm like, that can't make the line of scrimmage. It's three yards short of the line of scrimmage, out of bounds. And there's a side judge that was standing on the line of scrimmage, never moved. He's standing right at the chain. I mean that's grounding, and the idiot announcers don't say a thing. And the and the referee comes there. There is no intentional grounding because the quarterback was outside the pocket and the ball reached the line of scrimmage. Um, the ball did not reach the line. It was three yards short. I mean, the stick is there. The side. What is the side judge doing? How does he not run to the referee and say the ball did not make it to the line of scrimmage? So it would have been third and 30, and Wilson gets the ball back with two minutes to go in the first half. They probably put more points on the board. Instead, Eagles get a first down, Eagles go down, and get, they get points before the first half. Unbelievable. I, 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 and the announcers kind of like, oh, they got, they got away with that one. Guys, it's no small thing. It's unbelievable. Okay, then, what, what is Peterson doing? This guy, how much equity is a Super Bowl win worth? Apparently a lot.
2: I, I, I wonder how he won the Super Bowl. Is, 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 is that, watching him since, I don't know how he won the Super Bowl.
1: They are down 11 in the fourth quarter, like whatever it was, nine minutes to go, fourth and four, I, the exact yard, like around the 20, you kick the field goal. You make it an eight-point game, and I know your team's playing like garbage, but it's the, it's the thing to do. And he goes for it on fourth and four. And they don't get it. And you're sitting there going, what are you possibly thinking? Well, I, I, you know, the Eagles defense played their lungs out. The Seattle's got the ball inside the red zone a bunch of times. But I, I just I can't fathom why it is so hard to manage a game. I couldn't draw plays, X's and O's, or all this. But, but the scenarios of what you're supposed to do that are the most basic, simplistic thing are lost. I, I yeah, it infuriates me. He's not alone. There's been a lot of
2: bad coaching in the NFL, I and there's know. been a lot of bad officiating in the NFL this year.
1: It's it is mind boggling. I swear to you, the Eagles are the luckiest people on God's green earth that during a pandemic they are not letting fans engage. Oh boy. All right, no fans here, but we'll be right back on the SportsGrid Radio Network. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the SportsGrid Radio Network.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Well, you got trouble, my friend. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a billiard player. Certainly, mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider that the hours I spend with a cue in my hand are golden. Help me cultivate horse sense and a cool head and a keen eye. Jimmy, yeah. take a try to give an ironclad lead to yourself from a three rail billiard. Robert Preston, the music business guy. Chris judgment is good. We'll, we'll keep him. Game, He's a keeper can take and shove a ball in a Trouble with a capital T, and that, that rhymes with P, and that stands road for road pool. <laughs> <Riddell, say first, laughs> Sportsbook Radio. Show tunes on, on our show. I like that. Uh, we're thrilled to be on the Sports Radio Network, and we're really ecstatic. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. January 7th, Sirius 204. We're going to be very much looking forward to that. Uh, congratulations to everybody at the Sports Good Radio Network. And thank everybody there for welcoming us to the team. And we're enjoying it. And maybe shortly you know how after- fast t- time flies, pal? This is the start of, well, this is week four. I know. So we're. I mean, in De- that's crazy. I mean, it's like we started yesterday. Already in December. And the listeners are going, sounds like you've been on for about a <laughs> year.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, it goes fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, <laughs> all right, the Steelers are 10-point favors, Forty one and a half, forty two, 42 even up to 42.5, a, a little mixed bag on the total. Am I the only one? You listen to Winnipeg Radio, right? Uh, Every yes. Every morning. Yeah. You know, we're hockey guys. We do a show in Vegas on KSHP.com. Uh, we're in the KSHP studios. Uh, every day at two o'clock, one to, one to two Pacific time. Uh, after we're done doing our sportsbook radio stuff here on the Sports group Radio Network, we do Vegas Hockey Online. We have great guests from the hockey world. If you're a hockey fan, follow me on Twitter at Brian Blessing. Uh, there's a list of life functions at kshp.com, So just throw that out there. If you're a hockey fan, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Um, in fact, our buddy, our buddy Ken Bulky from Cyma Vegas will be in the studio today. It's always it's always good hockey talk, and we're desperately hoping that there'll be hockey. Uh, But when we're on Sirius, and I know we're on the sports radio never, but I would think the people from Denver, if we had phone bank, would be lighting up the phones. Am I the only one that's drawing this parallel? Why does Baltimore and Pittsburgh, why do they get to move this game back and back and back and back? Okay. I I got no real beef with that. But why are they giving these two teams this luxury of moving the game back and back and back and back, yet Denver was forced to play a game Sunday with a quarterback that they pulled out of a tailgating party in the parking lot?
2: It doesn't end there, Brian. The, the fact that the three quarterbacks that got pulled got pulled with not a lot of evidence, if, if it was in court, that's very circumstantial why they got pulled when they did, too.
1: Saturday afternoon. And you can make the case. Well, Denver they're hopelessly out of it. No, no, no. It wouldn't matter if they were the Jets. It affects For everything. starter, no, for integrity, right? Wouldn't matter of its own accord. But what do you think Green Bay and Seattle are saying? Wait a minute. You're telling me that Denver wouldn't have been without a chance? of knocking off New Orleans at home if Locke had played in that game. And I'm not saying Locke is Montana, but they beat Miami at home. They've got a good defense. You know what they got, they got smoked in that game, but it wasn't for a lack of trying, like the Raiders rolled over like dogs in Atlanta, Denver tried, right? Yeah. And, but my point is, what do you think Seattle and green Bay are saying? And at the end of the day. You sit there, you get to the playoffs and go, yep, New Orleans gets a bye in the first round of the playoffs because we made Denver play with some guy they didn't even know his name in the huddle.
2: I completely agree.
1: We, we were talking
2: about it last night at, uh, at Don Best. We're all working from home, but we, we Skype each other yeah. and whatever. And, and w- one guy happens to be from Colorado, so he's all ticked off. But I, I completely understand it. I, uh, the NFL is playing favorites. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They're,
1: they're, they're playing favorites. I just don't understand how this is not a thing. I, it, how are people not... I mean, the, honestly, I mean, Pittsburgh was very vocal when the Tennessee thing surfaced, and, and their schedule, they've been affected, as it turns out, by a lot of people. Oh, yeah. by the way, I will just throw this out. Pittsburgh plays Wednesday, then they play Washington on Monday, Right. then they play Buffalo on Sunday night. Yeah. Now, I would say Pittsburgh's a ten-point favorite here. Undermanned Baltimore Mm -hmm. team—it's not a stroke on the board. It's a football game. Pittsburgh should win this. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh should beat Washington. Mm -hmm. But now you—I mean, Washington's playing hard. I like Washington the way they're going. But if you're looking for the spot, seriously, where Pittsburgh's an unbeaten team. To ask them to play Wednesday, Monday, Sunday, and that third game, Buffalo looks like the, the most dangerous team left on their schedule. Uh, you know, I mean, when, if they're getting Baltimore in this depleted fashion. That, that Buffalo game, they could be worn down. Now, I really wonder if they're... If you watch Pittsburgh here in the next little bit, and you're thinking about betting these guys, and they know they've got to play three, I can do modern math. What are we looking at? That's three games in what? Three, 12 days? Don't ask. Still me. three games in 12 days. Okay, fine. Wednesday, Monday, Sunday. I agree with you. I, don't, I can't they, do math. Okay, but I would say Pittsburgh, in these games, if they've got leads, could consider starting Resting guys. Yeah. Because they know that the schedule now, the short window, because they got bigger fish to fry. True. Well, they, they and they already got screwed
2: with the Tennessee situation. Did, did, is Pittsburgh without a bye week? Is, are they one yeah, of the they, teams they that lost, lost a bye? Yeah, they lost yeah. a
1: bye.
2: So I, 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 don't under, I don't get it. I don't get why the NFL seems to be favoring Tennessee, Baltimore, and yet screwed Denver. I, I don't well, understand
1: they're adamant about this though. I mean, they do not want week 18. They don't want they don't want to add, add have to add a week. I don't and understand like, that. Not, well, they don't want to move the Super Bowl back. That's, Why what difference
2: does it make? Move 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 it a week. Like what? You can't that, That's not gonna be, they're, they're
1: already set up. You move it one week, big deal. Wow. Well, I mean, move I mean, moving is my Monday night football game is a little different than moving. It, no, it's a the little. Super Bowl. It's
2: a little different, but it can't be done. I mean, especially now. If you, if, right now, if you said, okay, we're gonna play, we're gonna move the Super Bowl next week, just in case we need an extra week to give us some room. Well, again, over at Don Best, we're creating extra spots every day, in football and basketball, just in case a game gets moved. Right? You, you make concessions for what could happen during this pandemic. What is that board like or that, you know, the screen like? It's a mess. For, for college basketball. It's a mess. I already looked this morning. There's already games canceled today. They canceled them this morning on, on today's schedule, and that's happening daily. So
1: then, should we not be chirping at the NFL? Because I, they're finding a way to pull this off in. You know, certainly less quantity, uh, like college basketball, in in the way we're seeing games go awry. Yes, but but I, st- I still feel the Denver Baltimore thing is is absolutely unfair.
2: Correct. That's I agree. That is unfair. We, we, you you have to play it straight across the board. Um, other than that, the NFL is like the other sports I mean, is trying to get through this. You know, the, by the, the way,
1: right? I mean, the Patriots had a court, their, Cam Newton was out for a game. All right.
2: Right. It ha- look, whatever happens, happens. But but you've got to be, there has to be equity among all the teams in this situation.
1: We'll talk about that tomorrow. Take a look ahead to some of the opening numbers, where the numbers are going. Adam Berg's going to join us in our next segment. Hey, we're rolling right along on a Tuesday. Brian Blessing, Steve Slattruck. Have a great fun with you. Sportsbook Radio right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. Adam is coming in from outside in Cleveland.
3: And debauched as candy. And the knight, with his banners all bravely
1: unfurled, now hurls down his gauntlet, thee
3: <laughs> I
1: way. am I don't kill. <laughs> Brian Bosom's evening slap shot in Las Vegas. Adam Burke's go, our good friend. He's based in Cleveland. And, the and he is you. on. ATS.io. Com. I do a podcast with Adam on Tuesdays. I joined Adam today. You can get that on his Twitter feed, at Skating Tripods, or at Brian Blessing. I retweeted it. That's always good fun to join Adam on a Tuesday. He joins us now on the show. And I was remiss in not asking you because you were whining like a little baby about having to shovel snow, which is fine. But what I forgot to ask was... How much snow are we talking about?
3: Mm, I'd say we're up to about a foot out there now.
1: Oh, okay. That's respectable. You can whine.
3: I'm not talking about shoveling three or four inches.
1: No, if it was a dusting, I was going to say, you know, shut up. (laughs) A foot, that's legit. You know I was talking about the days when you, you shovel the driveway and you're huffing and puffing and you're done and you go in the house and make yourself a hot cocoa or something stronger, and you're standing there and you look out the window and here comes the plow down the street and, and plows your driveway and it makes like a mountain, uh, a wall, and your driveway's all bundled up again. Anyway, hey, man, it is what it is, right? I mean, it comes with the territory.
3: Yeah, good reminder. If you're betting on the NFL or college football, make sure you check the weather forecast this time of the year.
1: Yeah, ditto. Oh, you had a pressing question you wanted to ask, Adam? Uh, I hate to do this to him on the air. Um, It's not, I mean, you're not asking him for a social security number. uh, No. So,
2: uh, Adam, Michigan apparently is pushing forward to get online sports betting okay. going this uh, month. That's the question. Um, yeah. I thought you
1: were worried about. it. His...
2: Oh, did you want me? Okay, I'll ask the other one first because that'll be easier, and we can. Yeah, see I was if... like, why is that such a rotten thing to ask him? No, no, no. But be- because I didn't, well, we didn't. I didn't get a chance to ask him if what why if ask he knew about. The one about you were
1: really curious about. All right, about
2: what what is a skating tripod? Because it sounds like something I shouldn't mention on the air. <laughs>
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, Stevie, I guess you and the listeners can use their imagination on that one. Yeah, I did, Uh, and it didn't come up good. But I can tell you that uh, it was the beer league hockey team I used to play on. Uh, I've I've been retired for the last few years, and by retired, I mean, I got so bad at the game that I just didn't want to play it anymore. Um, But our logo was actually the Shocker, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it gives you something to look up during the commercial break if you're not.
1: The well, Wichita State shocker
2: or a different no, shocker? Not,
3: not, not, not okay. exactly.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, if you were bad at the end, why didn't you name yourself a skating pylon?
3: <laughs> nah, everybody else called me that, and much worse by the time I was done.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of Cleveland, a date with Tennessee, and it's funny, we were doing your podcast today, and I cavalierly said something along the lines of, you know, Tennessee playing a gauntlet, and now they're playing Cleveland. Cleveland could really make some noise. And then Cavalier said, yeah, but if they're, they're playing him in the playoffs, you know, Tennessee would kill him." And then, then I thought about it, and I said, well, wait a minute. Why I like Tennessee is that ability to run the ball in the playoffs. You have to run the ball. And if you can run it with authority, Derrick Henry's a monster. And then all of a sudden I said, I wasn't apologizing to you, but I was catching myself going, hey, not so fast, Sparky. I mean, Cleveland, every game they play is close. Good teams, bad teams, whoever they're playing, it's like this, you know, bleeding ulcer. But they can run the ball with Chubb and Hunt. And I caught myself for maybe being a bit dismissive of Cleveland.
3: Well, I mean, I think it's fair to be somewhat dismissive of the Browns. I mean, they have played a pretty weak schedule, and you know, the times they've actually stepped up and played somebody—Baltimore, they lost badly; Pittsburgh, they lost badly. Uh, the Vegas game was just a weird one with with the really awful weather. Uh, you know, I don't know what the ceiling is for the Browns. I think the floor is probably quite a bit lower than we've seen here so far. But from a ceiling standpoint, I mean you know, all you can do is play who's in front of you. And have they taken care of business? No, they've played down to the expectation. They've only covered one of their last six games. So I understand people being kind of skeptical of Cleveland, but you know, look, when I look at Cleveland and Tennessee, I mean, like you said, Cleveland can run the ball. I think Tannehill's a good bit better than Baker Mayfield, but the pass game weapons are, are relatively similar for both teams. Tennessee's defense probably a little bit better, but I don't know if Tennessee is six points better than Cleveland. I think that this line now has kind of gotten a little bit out of whack.
1: What about life after OBJ? It seems like, okay, they're very adaptive in, hey, we've got the strong running game, and Mayfield's not running around throwing it all over creation, and they're winning football games. Clearly, the guy's an exceptional talent, and your team is better when he's in the lineup. But how has that played out since he's been out? They're just winning football games.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of, you know, addition by subtraction to a degree. I mean, obviously, you know, Odell's a great football player, and you you want to have as many weapons as possible, but also, you know, Baker's even talked about it in the past, sort of, you know, I'm kind of trying to force feed that guy a little bit, you know, try to get him the ball early on, get him comfortable, get him happy, stuff like that. I know the weather's kind of dictated some of these games here lately for the Browns, but... Odell you know, left that Bengals game very early on. Had one target. That was it. Since then, you know, Baker's got a seven to one touchdown interception ratio. So, you know, not forcing it to OBJ, being able to spread it around to the backs, to the three tight ends they have that can catch the football. Uh, Kedar Hodge just kind of stepped up here. Rashard Higgins has stepped up. I think it has simplified things to some degree for Baker. And uh, again, I think going forward, it, it's probably more of a positive than a negative that OBJ's out.
1: dismissive's the word for this segment I didn't, I apologize Stevie I did not mean to be dismissive of the query you were to pose to Adam you just confused me because you had mentioned, I I want to ask him about his Twitter handle, and I'm like I was curious too Okay. But you also, we're going to ask him, but we'll get back to football in a minute, but yeah. your Michigan thing.
2: So, so I just saw this for the first time this morning on, uh, on Twitter, Adam, and you're closer to Michigan than I am. I'm just wondering what you know about uh, Michigan trying to, to push this through and get it going this month, uh, online sports betting in the state of Michigan.
3: Yeah, you know, it looked like things were going to be moving along pretty quickly, you know, up until COVID struck. I mean, they had started retail sports betting the week, uh, I think, right by maybe a couple days before, you know, the last round of conference tournaments. And then, of course, March Madness the following week. So they were going to have retail sports betting, but, you know, now they're kind of pushing forward with online sports betting. And, I mean, it makes sense. You know, for example, one of the operators, DraftKings, I mean, their license is through. A casino way up in the northern part of the state on some tribal land. So you, know, you got a couple of them in the Detroit area. You got them kind of all spread out throughout the state. But uh, online is going to help tremendously, as we've seen in a lot of other states that have it. And and personally for me, uh, you know, now that Ohio will be surrounded by every state outside of Kentucky that has sports betting, uh, probably going to light a little bit of a fire under some of the lawmakers here in the state of Ohio too.
1: How about the landscape of the NFL before we talk about specific games? Who are the teams, Adam, are catching your eye right now as we turn a corner for home?
3: Oh boy, Um, you know, I mean, I I think that you know, as we get to the playoffs, we're we're going to see the halves really emerge. You know, Kansas City, Kansas City should have covered that number against Tampa Bay last weekend. I mean, Tampa Bay gets in the back door. Kansas City's got 540 yards and only 27 points. They're getting it together. A lot of people believe New Orleans is the best team in the NFC. I don't see much of a reason to argue with that. Their defense has come around. They're getting to be very, very solid. Outside of that, I mean, you know, I think Pittsburgh's a good team with a pretty average offense, a very good defense, average offense. I think we talked about that last week here on the show. Um, You know, Baltimore's got a bunch of problems. Uh, you know, look, to me, I mean, I just, I see Kansas City and New Orleans in a tier, you know, onto themselves. And then everybody else kind of, uh, you know, depends on the week you catch them on. You
1: know, the thing with Kansas City is I just, I keep watching these guys and it's like, they're just so comfortable in their own skin. And it's like never panicky, but I mean, they look like they were running Tampa right out of their own barn. And then they hung on at the end. And the game was never as close as three points. You know, it's like, did you ever feel like they were in trouble? But you got to be careful, man. I mean, if you get a chance to bury somebody, that's what Brady and the Patriots would always do. if they had a
3: chance to step on your neck, they'd do it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, the thing of it is, too, though. You know, Kansas City—they gave up some yards in that game. They didn't have control of that game throughout. So, I'm not necessarily worried about that, but. You know, last year around this time, sort of after the bye week in the second half of the season, that's when the defense really took over. And I don't think we've quite seen that yet, but I do think that, that could still be coming where we know the offense is good. We know they have a ton of weapons at their disposal, all of that. You know, to me, I think there are two things for Kansas City. One is they have the worst red zone defense in the NFL. They've given up a touchdown 74.2% of the time. They got to fix that. And the second thing is, as you said, you know, maybe show a little more killer instinct and kind of start blowing some of these teams out, so that you can kind of rest up a little bit, uh, you know, in advance of the postseason.
1: It's going to be an interesting stretch run, to say the least. And you and I, we also talked in your podcast. We were just talking. We only got about thirty seconds here, but this Denver thing—I, I, they're giving Baltimore, and Pittsburgh this big pass, and Denver got thrown to the wolves. Strange set of circumstances, and why a lot of people aren't making us think about that kind of befuddles me. Uh, We'll talk more about this week's card in the NFL, college hoops and more. Adam Burke, kind enough to join us from ATS.io. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshub. Cruising along, Hour One, Sportsbook Radio here on a Tuesday on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Please stick around Like Stevie slash that bobble head day. in here bouncing you're around.
3: It's infectious. We well,
1: he a day one, one the day, the day the a week ball. we'll do show. Alright. One day. Chris's eclectic musical taste. We're getting used to it. It's fabulous. But he's wonderful that he, he's very reactionary. I mean, whatever we say, he's he's got. Okay. <laughs> ah, it's a man. So like, Okay. I'm, whatever. I mean, you asked ask several thoughts just ran through. And he's through got my a head. good memory bank. I mean, I don't know. He, w- he woke up this morning. The last blessing in the world i have been thinking about was Tom Jones' music. Oh, I always think about Tom Jones. Oh, so. I love that voice. That's a killer voice. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Adam Burke is kind enough to join us at Skating Tripods on Twitter, ats.io. Adam does uh, a weekday podcast. I join Adam each and every Tuesday. Go ahead, for, uh, tell him about. Tell the folks how to get that.
3: Yeah, over at ATS.io, you can find links to the shows along with some recaps, and then you can subscribe on wherever you stream and download your podcast content. Just search ATS Radio, and you should find it. And uh, like I said, we do it Monday through Friday. Usually have the show up by about uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time or so.
1: But this is a time of year where these games are on the board, and there's opportunities. And I could go through a bevy of games here. Here, Detroit, new head coach, catching three at Chicago. Bears watching. Jacksonville catching nine and a half at Minnesota. They've got one win. And everybody's basically just saying Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jet. (laughs) And all of a sudden the Jets could change that as bad as they are. The Raiders walking in there after a beatdown at the hands of Atlanta. And Atlanta's a team with a new head coach that's four and two. And they always had this history, Atlanta, of playing good once they were out of it. But the other thing is, and I know we talked about this on the podcast today, I think the Falcons, you know, for how many years now, how's this Quinn keeping his job? And the players always asked about it. It's like a breath of fresh air. And now they're playing New Orleans, and I wonder how different a team Atlanta really is.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say that they're playing with house money by any means, but they're playing free and easy. And, you know, that's a very dangerous team. When you've got a good offense, a defense that's, you know, not super great by any means, but they're playing free and easy. Seems like they're happy to play for Raheem Morris. You know, I, I don't mind Atlanta here this week plus three. I don't even know if we'll see a three and a half in this game based on some of the early returns that we're seeing in the market. But if I found a three and a half, I'd be content taking that with Atlanta for sure. The Jacksonville one's interesting because they actually looked pretty competent with Mike Glennon at quarterback and a guy like Glennon. Anytime you get one of these journeyman dudes that winds up starting for a team, they want to find a job in the future. And it won't be with Jacksonville because Jacksonville will figure something else out with hopefully a long-term solution at quarterback. But at least Glennon's going to be engaged. And then by proxy, the offensive line will be engaged. The skill position guys will be engaged. I think nine and a half is too big of a number there for that Jacksonville Minnesota game.
1: Do you remember the hard knocks when they did the hard knocks with the Raiders?
3: I didn't watch it, but I remember it.
1: No, it wasn't this year. It was like, was it two years ago? And basically, there's Gruden, and he's, you know, putting his stamp on the team, and he's got Carr, and everybody's like, well, you know, what's that relationship going to be like? And the the battle was Glennon and uh, Peterman. And Glennon actually looked really good in the preseason. And Gruden was kind of a fan of the guy. And Carr's played wonderfully this year. But this last game was a dog's breakfast, and they better answer the bell. Uh, and I, you know what? A win's a win, but, boy, squeaking by the Jets may not be good enough for this team because that was a beatdown last week.
3: You well, know, certainly wasn't a good look. I mean, you can kind of see it coming to a degree because they put so much into that Kansas City game. They lose late, of course, then have to go cross-country and you know, wind up playing uh, – a Falcons team that, you know, as we just talked about, kind of a pretty dangerous team right now that could play spoiler in that NFC South. I think this one's a little bit different for them. I mean, look, the Jets are 0-10. They've been doubled up in terms of the score on average this season. And as bad as they are, as much as you have to inflate their numbers to get somebody to bet on this team, they're 3-7 against the spread. So, and they're, you know, they're 3-8 actually. 0-11 straight up, they're every bit as bad, you know, as you would expect them to be. So I think this is a better spot for for the Raiders here. But, again, they're still going to find a way to take care of business and and get some stops along the way, too. Adam,
2: off of last night's game, who is Doug Peterson? In the Super Bowl year, it seems like every single call was money by him. And then since then, I'm left shaking my head whenever he makes a decision.
3: I I think Doug Peterson's an offensive coordinator. I I think that, you you know... that I I don't know maybe right now he's just trying to do too much with this team, but he's probably one of those guys that's just you know better equipped to be a coordinator. And I think that he got fortunate to walk into a pretty good scenario outside of the quarterback position, which was a question. A pretty good scenario there with Philadelphia. Andy Reid had that you know organization doing things the right way. And then you know I, I don't know things just kind of fell together for them, I guess. But one thing we know for sure, and, and maybe it's just been the Eagles' injuries, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Frank Reich's now the head coach of the Colts, and, and Peterson's just, he's, he's not a head coach. And, you know, he's trying to worry about too many things, and it's impacting the offense. And Jim Schwartz is, you know, kind of doing his thing with the defense, and they've been okay. But I think Doug Peterson's just going to find himself as an offensive coordinator here for somebody within the next couple of years.
1: Maybe this is the most pressing question in football. Who wins the NFC East? I mean, one of of them is going to be in a playoff game. And honestly, just the nature of the game. If they pulled off an upset as a home dog catching a touchdown, it wouldn't shock me. I don't know which one it is. uh, I'd lean Washington, I think. uh, Yeah.
3: Uh, (laughs) I know. An an answer is required.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is final Jeopardy.
3: Washington's next four games are brutal. I mean, they're at Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh is going to be in a really bad spot coming off the Baltimore game on Wednesday, but then Washington's got to go cross country to play at San Francisco, come back home and play Seattle. Then they play a Carolina team that, you know, decent offense, marginal defense, and then at Philadelphia to finish up the year and, I I don't know. I hope Washington and Philadelphia is not the deciding factor for the East. But, you know what? I'm going to call my shot with the Giants here. I I think the Giants just they're not great by any means. But they play exceptionally hard. And they've figured a lot of things out on defense. I think offensively they kind of find a way to get by. Their schedule's not particularly bad going down the stretch
1: run. Wait a minute. you got Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys. I mean, that's I mean, it's not a cakewalk.
3: I don't think Arizona's any good. I no, I, I agree. They should. They really
1: should have lost four in a row.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Arizona's any good. I mean, the Giants are in a bad spot, you know, playing Seattle here this week because, you know, Seattle's probably just going to throw for four hundred yards on them and find a way to win. But, you know, I, I can't take anything for granted with the Browns, as we've kind of discussed already. At Baltimore in Week 16, I mean, you know, what what is the state of the Ravens by that point in time? You know, are they in the wild card hunt? Are they doing something else? We don't know. The Dallas game at home, uh, who knows where Dallas is at that point in time? At least I know New York's going to play this whole thing out, much like Washington. So, you know, I would lean Giants a little bit slightly, but uh, you know, I can't argue with your Washington pick either.
1: Who do you think is overrated in relation to the number? And uh, not just this week, but all year long, you're looking, and going, why? Where? What is this love affair with this team? Who, who's either not getting respect, or who's getting too much respect from a wagering perspective? When you
3: see numbers, I definitely think, like I said, I mean, I think this Jacksonville lines high against Minnesota. I think the last four or five weeks, Minnesota has been getting way too much love in the marketplace. Um, you know, excuse me, I've, I've taken them a couple of times and. You know, I've had mixed returns with them this season, but there's still not a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Cousins is obviously you know, hit or miss from week to week. So I think Minnesota is a team that I think they're getting a little bit too much respect out there in the marketplace. And I think Miami is getting maybe a little bit too much respect too. You know, when you look around the NFL this year, there really aren't a whole lot of defenses I would classify as great. I think Miami's is very, very good. But I think they're kind of overpriced a little bit because they just sort of stand out as one of the better defenses in the NFL in a year where defense has been lacking. And I don't think Miami's offense is all that great you know, to be going out there trying to cover double digits against anybody, uh, even a team as bad as the Bengals this week.
2: I, I would say the, the one team for me undervalued is San Francisco. They give you an effort every single game. And the one that maybe overvalued, Pittsburgh for me, I, they, they should not be undefeated. They're, they should have two or three losses uh, by no doing of their own. Uh, Tennessee immediately comes to mind. The guy should have made the field goal. Um, so I, I, I think Pittsburgh may be a little overvalued.
3: Yeah, I think it's fair to say Pittsburgh is a little overvalued. Again, I mean, it's another one, just much like Miami. You know, the defense has just been so strong in a year where most defenses have been pretty bad. You know, Pittsburgh has a very average offense by both the traditional metrics and the advanced metrics. So that's not a team that I want to take, you know, trying to cover these big favorite roles or anything like that. So I agree with your take on Pittsburgh. I also agree with your take on San Francisco. San Francisco is so well coached. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a top three coach in the NFL for me. I, I saw him as the offensive coordinator for the Browns, just take a complete collection of stiffs at wide receiver and make some semblance of a league average offense. And I was, it was at that point that I went, you know what? This guy gets it. He understands it. He's a brilliant football mind and you know, they've, they've overcome a ton this year with COVID and injuries and all those kinds of things that, you know, San Francisco, I think, is definitely a team that still doesn't get enough love, although I don't know if I love them against Buffalo this week.
2: I, I would say, just real quick, the, the only two marks against Kyle, uh, uh, the Atlanta Super Bowl and the San Francisco Super Bowl at the end, when, you know he, he, he should have been a little more, because he should have run the ball more and, and not allowed those teams back in the game.
3: Yeah, and and those are things that stick with you. You know, I mean, you think about great players in in any sport. I think about Clayton Kershaw, for example, in baseball. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, for the longest time, was not a good playoff pitcher, and everybody held that against him, even though his body of work is clear-cut, Hall of Famer, one of the best left-handed pitchers of all time. But when the lights shone the brightest, that's when he struggled a little bit. And for Shanahan, you know, he'll have to get over that hump at some point. But over 16 games of the regular season – I don't know how many coaches I would rank higher than Kyle Shanahan.
1: You know, back to Pittsburgh for just a second. The bottom line is, like you guys said, you beat who's in front of you. I mean, you don't make the schedule. But they beat the Giants. They beat the Broncos without their quarterback. Uh, They beat by five. They beat Houston. That was a decent win by a touchdown. Uh, Then you, you beat the Eagles in what was a shootout. You beat the murdered the Browns. A good win at Tennessee, and a good win against Baltimore. But then Dallas, and Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. I mean, we're not talking about a murderer's row schedule here. They
3: faced no, and, and I mean, keep in mind here too. You know, they they did beat the Browns handily. Of course, Baker had the early pick six that kind of you know set that game up a little bit. But they only outgained Cleveland two seventy seven to two twenty. I mean, it's not like yep. Pittsburgh moved the football a ton in that game. So. You know, the defense made a big play early and, and Baker had all kinds of issues in that one, but know, wasn't the most dominant performance from Pittsburgh despite what the score would suggest.
1: I greatly appreciate you taking time. I know you have shoveling duties, so I'll let you get back to that. Our buddy Adam oh, Berg, I appreciate ATS, it. Yeah, hey, I'm here for it. We go to battle, buddy. I'm behind you every step of the way. Adam Burke, ATS.io. Come back to wrap up our first hour of Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Tony Neville, racing Sportsbook Director from Treasure Island, is going to be in studio with us for hour number two. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.
0: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're a jet, you're a jet, all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day.
1: When you're a jet, let them do what they can. You've got brothers around. You're a family man. You're never alone. You're never disconnected. Trevor Lawrence is in a car own. listening to this song. He just drove off the highway. <laughs> he crossed the <laughs> median. Uh, that's it, apparently. Uh, Chris, <laughs> our producer, Chris Pavonis, a moratorium on show tunes. It, was, it was a theme show. Um, maybe revisited again sometime in 2026. Well done. Well done, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very impressed. He, he basically alluded to me that if you open Pandora's box, he will, he will jump right in there. And
2: right. I like that about him. Yeah. If Pandora's box
1: is open, you, you jump on it. I'm all for it. All right, so, Mr. Injury Guy, yeah. you were talking about Dunlop yeah. with Seattle. And it is amazing how one guy can make such a difference because that Seattle defense was a dog's breakfast. Now, what are they looking at here? So, apparently, a foot sprain, strain,
2: something in the foot. God forbid it's plasher fanciitis because that's oh, bad. Oh, that's the worst. Um, but w- it's some f- type of foot injury. He's getting an MRI done this morning. It has been my experience that just getting an MRI is not good. I, I would lean already toward him being doubtful for the next game just, just by the fact that he's getting the MRI.
1: Well, I mean, they can live without him for a game. The, the question is, is this MRI? Then you start... Getting leery of right, you know, long-term stuff, right. Uh, by the way, the other one, you got Will Fuller get suspended for yeah. six games with Houston. who've been you know playing some decent football of late for Romeo Cornell. Mm-hmm. But you got Houston now playing Indianapolis, and that number's three minus 15. It might not shock me if they gets the three and a half. But you, you also heard about
2: Roby, right? the cornerback. Ropey also has six-game suspension for
1: them. Something's going on. Something's going on. But no, but Fuller's absence, you know, that ability to stretch the field uh, will hurt Houston. My Absolutely. Opinion. I agree. All right. We're not done. Tony Neville, Racing Sportsbook Director, over at Treswell Island Snow Chains, our number two Sportsbook Radio the the Grid Radio Network. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.